What's up, everybody? Welcome to Words of Wisdom Podcast, where we're wild with wisdom from all walks of life. I'm Jennifer Brienne, and I serve as your podcast host to bring words, voice, language, and freedom to your world. It's Wednesday, so let's wise up and talk about communication and instruction and their many facets in our lives. What's up, everybody? I hope you're having an amazing, awesome, beautiful day, as am I. Um, Today, we have to talk about something that's uh, a little uh, taboo. Um, Nobody actually ever wants to have like the hard conversation. And I think one of the unique things about me is that I feel empowered and most times very bold to have that conversation. I think that more conversations like these need to be had. And in lieu of this podcast, you know, one of the things that we focus on is communication and instruction. And so this is going along the lines of that communicative uh, component. So if you're new here, thank you so much for joining and for tuning in. This is definitely the podcast you want to hear, as well as some other ones. So go scroll through, leave me a rating review. Uh, let me know if you like the podcast. Leave me a voice message. Let me know what you think. Uh, follow me on social media. All of those sites should be in the description under wherever platform you're listening to so that we can connect. I'd love to know your story as I tell mine all throughout the different podcasts. If you're returning, thank you so much for returning. I appreciate you. Um, you are what power me on. So if there's anything that you want to talk about or you want me to discuss, let me know. I am open to hearing all of your ideas and your thoughts because I think those are the best atmospheres to be a part of. So today we are talking about Harvey Weinstein. Now, if you are not familiar with Harvey Weinstein, I'm just going to give you a rundown of who he is. Um, But the short version is basically this. The short version is that he was a Hollywood mogul, him and his brother. He was a major Hollywood producer. And I'm saying was in past tense because as of present tense, he is now a convicted rapist. And a lot of people don't like talking about these types of things. And as we've seen in the media and news uh, here in the past couple of years, more people um, have been trying to have the conversation. But one of the things that they failed at is they never have the conversation from the perspective of a victim, right? So Harvey Weinstein was held uh, accountable to years, like three decades, which equals 30 years of sexual assault allegations. His trial concluded after two years um, of him being found guilty on two counts of sexual assault. So some of the women that came forward, they only named uh, just Hollywood stars that other people would know know their names, but particularly their actresses. And um, some of the things that were among his accusations were that he forced women to massage him and watch him naked and that he promised to help advance their careers in some way in return for sexual favors. So if you know anything about the workplace, you know that definitely goes well beyond uh, sexual harassment charges and is elevated to a sexual assault charge. If you don't know anything about legality in this area, let me make it very simple for you. Based upon the act or the crime committed, um, it's denotes in legal law depending on what state you're in how heinous the crime is and how much time should be served so there are different categories of different types of sexual crimes that you can can commit and what those penalties are and punishments are for that so sexual assault is a it's kind of like a um I don't want to say it's lesser because I don't want anyone listening to this to feel as if 
what they went through means less than what someone else went through, but how it is uh, categorized in the uh, court of law um, makes the punishment for it not as intense as some other things, okay? So um, now that we have a general understanding as to how we're having this conversation, just a little bit more about Weinstein and his history, and there's a reason why I'm going through this. Um, so again, this is a Hollywood model. He's a billionaire. He has a lot of money. He has a lot of power. He knows a lot of people. Um, he is in control or has control and connections to a lot of major media outlets. And not only so, but um, he has come up against these charges for 30 something years. Now, who do you know in your right mind or in their right mind or with the power of money that, that are able to fight against the legal system for 30 years? So of course, this man is powerful. Of course, this man is prominent and of course he controls a lot of the avenues that would um, make his story or his history rather uh well known and so one of the main arguments on twitter when he was under uh trial when they were trying to decide what uh should come of this was that there was no buzz there were no headlines there was nothing to be found you know Twitter was quiet, Facebook was quiet, whole world was just moseying on in their social media lives. And um, the, uh, Twitter was a little abrupt about it because um, a lot of people who are connected to this issue understand that Weinstein has the power to pay off the right people, to control the right media outlets, or what have you, what have you. So um, one of the most upsetting things about this particular case is that Weinstein came out and said he acknowledged that he caused a lot of pain but he disputed all of the allegations um that any of his female employees were harassed for over these 30 years so it's like what are you apologizing for um if you're going to deny these allegations now there's a whole separate conversation that goes into the people that the other billionaires that have come behind him and supported him and said oh everyone's a liar blah 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 but what i want to focus on is the component of this conversation that has has to do with the silent voice okay so the victim the women who have come forward who have said something who have had to come up against this powerful hollywood mogul who has all of this power all of this prestige all of these connections and all these resources i want to talk about that because if we focus on weinstein we are illuminating and magnifying one of the biggest problems that we have for women who have been sexually assaulted or raped molested abused in some way shape form or fashion a lot of people don't understand why victims don't come forward or why uh people who have gone through such things don't feel like reporting uh, to police officers, reporting to first responder personnel, whether that be the nurse who's supposed to, you know, be administering the rape kit, um, the police officer who has questions on the scene, um, the uh, ambulance personnel, the emergency personnel, whatever the case is, whoever the first person is, the first person might be a lawyer, first person might be a therapist, first person might be a, a clerical leader. Um, people don't understand the magnitude magnitude of what is necessary for them to come forward. So I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about the communicative and societal barrier barriers that people who've gone through this have um, when they are faced with this information. So let me just walk you through the mind of someone who has been through something like this. And again, if this is your first time listening, you may not know that I am um, 
the author of a book titled Letters to My Molester. So I have gained an enormous amount of strength behind the cause of advocating for those who um, have gone through something like this. Uh, so don't feel alarmed or uncomfortable or weird for me or for anybody that I'm speaking kind of on behalf of because I've just harnessed a strength that they have yet to discover. And that's okay because I believe that this will help them. And so if you are the other person of that conversation, you know, so not the people who've not gone through something like this, but the other side of this conversation for people who have gone through something like this, I would like you to know that um, even though there are a lot of societal pressures, a lot of barriers, a lot of blockages, that you can still feel empowered and that there are systems in place that want to see you safely, um, safely, I guess uh, the word I want to say is safely delivered to your promised place of vindication in this matter. And the reason why I say your promised place, because that's for you to decide. Some women decided their vindication is not in the courtroom. Their vindication is letting the Lord have his vengeance or their vindication is overcoming and helping other women overcome. Their vindication is moving on, living their life fully as if it never happened. Different women, different people who've experienced this have different vindications. So that's why I say safely delivered to your desire uh, place of vindication. So let's talk about this, okay? So when we, we're getting in the communicate, getting down into this communication of dealing with um, a woman or a person, and the reason why I keep saying a person is because there may be a male who is listening who has been through this and wants to identify and be a part of this conversation as well. But there is a person who, um, but also understand that I, pre I predominantly talk to women, so that's why I'm not, not being biased. But anyway, there's a person who um, has been through something like this and they have come up against something like this at the hands of someone like a Harvey Weinstein, meaning that that person has power and they have abused that power. That person has privilege and they have abused that privilege. That person has prestige. That person has connections. That person has a lots of money, lots of lawyers, lots of litigators, lots of resources to protect them from their ill character and from their horrible actions or requests um, or forced behaviors or any threats that they have uh, made against said person so now what we as society and other people out here want from that person is after they've endured that horrible thing and we're assuming that it's one time it could be you know a series of times it could be multiple times um, over a series of time however the case may be for that particular individual we're asking that person after experiencing that trauma to make a lot of informed decisions when a lot of people who are made prey to such situations they don't know which decisions to make. They don't know which resources are there. They know nothing about this, probably because it's the first time this ever happened to them. Or if it is not the first time that it's ever happened to them, they don't know um, the, the legal processes or the protocol in order to deal with it. If you've never been through anything like that, you don't know how to navigate it. So first of all, you don't have the language, you don't have the knowledge, and you all you know is that you're up against someone who has a lot more power, who typically has a great and well-received reputation and then also they have a lot of money and a lot of litigators so the first thing that a lot of people in that in that place feel is helpless they feel helpless and that's normally why they are made prey because they are isolated to a degree or they are um vulnerable 
in some way. Those women that Harvey Weinstein um, manipulated and that he assaulted, um, those women were just hardworking women who were trying to advance their career, who were um, in a place or a predicament where, you know, they were put in um, a position alone with him, whether orchestrated by him or not, you should feel safe where you are when you are in your workspace, when you are doing your job. And you should also not feel like you should uh, have to compromise your job, your career and advancement because of what sexual favors that you could render into another party. That's unfair. That's unethical. That's that's low of morale and it's disgusting. And I think that that needs to be clearly stated that those actions are not acceptable. Hashtag furthermore, when you have a person who has been um, subjugated to such an environment and such a place, not only are we asking them to make informed and rational decisions, but we don't consider the emotional, the physical and the mental toll that that's taken on their mind, on their body and on their life experiences. After you've been exposed to something like that, you do not see the world the same way. And if you have not been through something like that, it's insensitive and um, downright wrong, honestly, of you to demand someone who's been through that to think from a place of rationality or wholeness because they cannot they've been broken their trust has been breached um their the eyes of their understanding has been enlightened to something heinous and evil that they never thought um that they would become prey to and now they're left to deal with that so we're hoping you know that they will seek help now when we say you know why don't you tell somebody i think that that was a question that i get asked well in my particular situation the first person that i told did not believe me i was not uh received at all so you mean to tell me that I work up the courage, the boldness, um, the words to even try to fix my mouth to share this heinous part of my now life. And then I'm called a liar. I'm called a cheater. I'm called all of these other horrible names and ideas of what is ascribed to what I say happened and it is my truth and so now if if these women these people open up to whomever whether they open up to a boyfriend or girlfriend whether they open up to a parent whether they open up to a, a close relative a family a friend on the playground because we're talking about all demographics age levels what have you so if we as a society and as a people are not sensitive with that information or redirect that information to the right people who can adequately write, ask the right questions and document those answers, then we are robbing that person of a sense of security and a sense of freedom because now they're just going to have, they're left to process that information and that experience or those experiences all by themselves. And that's unfair. So if you know someone or you are someone who has experienced these things, and I would highly admonish you, highly admonish you to find your words. One of the things that I think is so powerful is the paper and the pen. Um, the paper and the pen are so powerful because the paper knows no limit. It never gets tired of paying you attention. It never tells you that you're talking too much or that you're, you're, or, you're unorganized or that you have to have your thoughts together or perfect. And I think that the paper and the pen, whether you type or you handwrite, will be an excellent tool of therapy and of healing for you. Now, if you are on the other side of this conversation, you say, well, you know, Jim B, I don't know, you know, anybody that's been through that. Um, I don't even know anybody that 
that, you know, has gone through that will take this as a nugget and, and always be mindful if you come across someone who is directly or indirectly trying to share that information with you. Be mindful that these are some tools that you can help them with. And, and also, like, be a friend. Like, be a friend to those people. Like, reach out. Make sure you check on them. Make sure that they know more than anything that confidentiality and privacy are key priorities to you and as well to them. Because I believe if we had a space for women really felt like women and people really felt like that they could be confidential and private and share without being judged, without being um, their stories being tainted, without being made to feel a lie, a cheat, or um, that there's some other motive, like, you know, the, the person's like a gold digger, or in the case of Harvey Weinstein and these actresses, if there's like, oh, well, she just wanted to level up and she's mad because, you know, she didn't or whatever the case, then I think if we eliminate all these excuses for sexual inaccuracy, actions, then we will have more women and more people who feel empowered and feel safe and feel secure that when I come forward with this information that something's going to be done about it. And I think that that is what that is why rather we've seen such a vast movement forward of women coming out they weren't coming out after years uh just because they wanted money from these hollywood moguls like no they wanted freedom they wanted to be free from the bondages of the painful experiences they couldn't share because they felt helpless they felt hopeless they didn't feel loved they didn't feel safe they didn't feel heard and for once a, a movement came along to allow these women and these people to feel heard like never before so that was no greater time than then and I'm saying in past since then and I'll explain in a minute but no greater time than then for them to uh give voice right and I'm saying then because right now what we're experiencing is we're experiencing the decline of that movement so we're kind of coalescing back into this comfortable place of dismissing women and people who are broken from sexually heinous crimes and it's important that we stay sensitive and that we stay open to these matters because just because we stop talking about them does not mean that they stop happening just because we stop fighting to get understanding to get the words to know how to deal with and help those who've been broken either by the systems that failed them or the people that touched them um we have to stay in this place of awareness and this state of state of sensitivity so that we can't help these people heal because all of these people coming forward is a cry and I believe one of the communicative things that we need to take from this is that this cry of movement means that we need to pay attention to an area there's a lot of dark shadows and a lot of back room areas and places and spaces that people are being abused people are being misused and people are being treated as property and forgotten and so we have an identity crisis really from behind the scenes and so these are some um, indicators if you will that you might need to pay attention to maybe when you go on your job you pay a little bit more attention to your um, on the job orientation when it comes to sexual harassment don't just click through those screens or don't just ignore the present or the PowerPoint presentation that's telling you of some key indicators or some um, some signs or some symptoms to look out for in your coworkers. Be your neighbor's keeper and watch and watch. You know. Um, 
all around you because we have neighbors in this world everywhere, whether we're on the job, whether we're in the gym, at our local church, at our local place of assembly, in our classrooms, on our teams, um, at the ballpark, wherever you find yourself in life, we're all in very unique places and spaces. Be your neighbor's keeper. All right. So so going back to uh, a part of the communication for people who've been victimized is making sure that you give them space. Give them space to do whatever it is that they need to if they come to you. Give them space to uh, cry. Give them space to speak. Give them space to be silent. Give them space to scream. Give them space to do whatever it is that they need to do in that space. Your job is to make sure that that space is made safe. And one of the ways that you communicate that is simply being honest in your own words. Hey, so-and-so, listen, I understand that this happened to you. I'm very sorry that it happened. And I wish that it would not have happened. If you need space with me to do whatever it is that you need to do to talk, to write, to breathe, to pray, to forget about it, to to scream, um, whatever it is that you need, I'm here for you. And I want you to know that you have my attention and you have my confidentiality. What happens in your space with me stays in your space with me. And whenever you need access to that space, you are welcome to that space. And it is in those moments and in those conversations that I believe transformation will happen for me personally it was not I didn't directly go straight to a therapist and I didn't directly go straight to the police officer why because I did not feel like those spaces were for me I did not feel like those spaces would give me the litigation or the vindication that I wanted from this matter so for those of you who do um who have had somebody uh you know allude to or or come to you directly you know with scattered words or varied thoughts about this particular issue go back to them check on them encourage them um be intentional about being consistent I think that's one of the key things that helped me the most is that I was intentional. Uh, people with me were intentional and they were consistent. And that consistency became a stability for me in that area because you have to understand that there was a disruption of peace. There was a disruption of normality. There was a disruption of normal cycles and thinking and being. And, and because it impacts so many areas of your life and so many areas of your well-being that you have to find a new normal. You have to recalibrate your own identity. You have to decide how you're moving on and there's so many there's so many new things so many new factors and so much new vulnerability that that consistency becomes a stabilizing force and processing all of those emotions processing that experience processing your heart so again for those of you who have either been victim or have interactions with or will possibly have interaction with. Keep those things in mind, okay? Um, and the last thing that I want to touch on concerning this matter with Harvey Weinstein is that anytime that you see things like this in the media, um, let's not jump to conclusions. Let's not just say, oh, she was a gold digger. Oh, she just wanted his money. Oh, she just, insert blank, with faulty excuse that it completely eliminates and eradicates the accountability of the person that could be at fault. Let's not just automatically assume the acute the accused uh innocence and the accuser's guilt that is an old ideology and an old stigma of society to suppress and quiet the cries of those that are legitimate yes there are people who lie 
Okay. But there are people who lie in every area. There are people who lie in every facet of life. There are people who lie uh, in every way, you know, on every crime, on every type of account. So let's not get hypersensitive and hyperactive about liars and misusers and abuse of the law in this particular area, because I guarantee you that you will be able to determine those who truly, 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 um, need that help and need that assistance, especially if they're coming to you, not if they're going to a first responder or, um, you know, a person of, of law and authority, but if they're coming to you, if they're coming, seeking a friend, seeking a trusted ear, seeking, seeking a safe place, just be mindful, you know, that they need that from you. And I kind of just want to drive that part home about, you know, the communicative aspect of you. And these are your instructions that they need that from you. And so don't, don't forsake them in that way. But back to my, point about the media the issue with the media and clearly this whole podcast has a lot to do with communication and communicating with others um so clearly i'm a proponent for communication i'm a proponent for uh, media systems i believe that their initial job as journalists and media gatekeepers are to keep those in power accountable and to keep those who are not empowerable empowered in power, excuse me, knowledgeable about what they're doing and the decisions they're making. The issue is when we have those in power who are in control of our gatekeepers so that they so they tell a twisted story, they tell a half narrative, or they don't disclose all of the information we need to make informed decisions about the things that go on around us and that also impact the laws um, that affect us, right? So my issue is that we cannot stop at one thing we, that we heard. We cannot stop at one article. We cannot stop at one point of hearsay. No, we have to do our research. We have to look for credible sources. We have to make sure that we are listening to people who are for and against so that we can weigh both sides and not just hear a one-sided story and draw our conclusions from that. No, we have to hear clearly um, and from, again, credible sources. Social media is rapid. It's rapid with with sources that uh, are not credible sources that, you know, somebody in the bottom of their basement wrote, you know, they they have no connection to the issue. They have no connection to key informants or proper informants. You know, we have a lot of gossip, gossips and a lot of things going on that have nothing to do uh, with the facts of the case or the facts of any matter for that matter. We have a lot of articles that float around that are outdated, um, you know, with false information or information that's been proven wrong already that's shared again as facts so again please in all of your getting get an understanding and I think that is a great way to sum up this episode of, of this podcast because in all of your getting you have to get an understanding about the audience that we're talking to and if we're talking about those who have been sexually assaulted uh molested raped abused in some way shape form or fashion in all of our getting let's get an understanding even if you have not gone through that like let's get an understanding around what they are facing and you know the best way to do that is not in reading an article it's not in looking at some credible citation it's not in reading the latest book or blog it is talking to those whom you know have gone through something like that because it grows your heart of empathy and it grows your heart of compassion even if you're from a removed place of not having ever experienced it it helps you be sensitive to what words and what language needs to be used so that that person feels comfortable and safe um 
sharing with you. With all of that being said, I would be remiss to end this podcast with not availing myself to you. So if you have never received the opportunity to meet someone who has gone through something like that or to be in a conversation that's not emotional, that's not tender, but can can from a informed and objective place talk about these different matters that are um, impacting our society and that have such an impact on us, please feel free to reach out to me. Again, all of my information um, is in um, the the box below um, and you can reach out to me directly. I'll be more than happy to have a conversation with you around such issues. Do understand, hashtag however, that I am for um, the underdog. I'm for those victims. I, I don't even really like calling them victims. I know that they were made victim, but I just believe firmly that they are overcomers, that they are more triumphant, and that they are conquerors. So that being said, again, um, I'm availing myself to you because I want you to be informed and I want you to be certain and I want you to be clear um, when approaching these matters in ways that, you know, will enlighten your thinking and your way of dealing uh, with people who've been through such things. So again, my name is Jennifer Breanne and I hope that this podcast helped you. I hope that you will leave this podcast with a little bit more um, insight into the mind of a uh, victim and the mind of someone who's been through such things. And if I need to do a part two to really hash this out, let me know. I'm more than happy to do that for you all. Um, but anyway, I've said all that needs to be said. So until next time, guys, peace, love, and hair grease.